service. What is up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Full Service Podcast. I am Tank Smith, your host. Today is episode 65. Thanks for being here. Shout out to my guest from last week, Sammy. Sammy, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Oh, so much fun. If you have not checked out last week's episode, what are you doing? Check it out. If you want to contact Sammy, you can find him at bostonsammy at protonmail.com. As always, you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, at Full Service Pod. I am at Tank Funkadelic. If you enjoy the show, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you hit that like button, that follow button, that subscribe button. You'll be alerted as soon as a new episode drops. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit us with a five-star rating, write us a review. That would help us out so much. We recently launched Patreon for the podcast. Patreon is a great way to support the show. Our first Patreon-exclusive episode went live on Friday, so if you want to check it out, make sure you subscribe. Head on over to patreon.com slash fullservicepod. I was looking at the stats for the show, and normally our most like downloaded day of the week is usually Tuesday, always fucking Tuesday, because that's when the new episode drops, and then this Saturday, there was this crazy spike that really makes no sense to me at all. Uh, <laughs> it was the most like downloaded day that we've ever had on the podcast, and uh, so hey, if you heard the podcast for the first time on Saturday, or if you heard if you heard the podcast recently because somebody told you about the podcast, thank that person for me because I really appreciate it. I appreciate them telling you about it, and I appreciate you being here. Also, if you've been fucking rocking with us for a while, yo, I really appreciate you being here. Everybody, hey. <laughs> Today, episode 65, I'm so excited. My guest is a cam model, a content creator, Evie Frost. It's funny, like, uh, I remember, like, I've been a, a fan of cams for a while. I remember the first website I went on to, I think it was, like, probably, like, Live Jasmine. And then I'm looking at, like, My Free Cams. I feel like I settled on, like, Chatterbait. And it's funny, I remember seeing Evie, like, a few, like, years ago. And I was like, oh, man, she's doing great stuff. Now she's on the podcast. Fucking amazing, Evie, I really appreciate you coming on. Listeners, fucking, ah, so I was, it's good. It's good. <laughs> we talk about her start in camming at 19, the glory days of Tumblr, porn, politics, dating, how camming has evolved since she started going to the AVN Awards. Oh my God, I talk about so much. Fucking hey, follow her. She is on Twitter at the Evie Frost. She is on OnlyFans at Evie Frost. Chatterbait Evie. I'll have links to all of those in the Libsyn page from this week. Check the Libsyn page. Show her some love. So excited for y'all to hear this. I'm gonna stop talking. I hope you enjoy my interview with Evie Frost. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. It's Tank Smith. I am so excited for today's episode. My guest is a cam model, a content creator, one of the most popular models on Chatterbait, Evie Frost. Evie, thanks for being on the podcast. Wow. One of the most popular. Gee, thanks. High praise. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm speaking the truth here, you know? <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Hell yeah, me too. This is this is great. This is awesome. We're we're doing a podcast during a pandemic. This is amazing. Yeah. I mean, whatever we gotta do to get by, right? <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm uh currently in Atlanta. Uh where uh, where are you from originally? I'm from New Jersey. Um I'm from around the Newark area, so Nice. Heck yeah. 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 Hell yeah. I've never been to Atlanta. I heard it's beautiful. It's nice. It's nice. You got to you definitely got to check it out. Like the traffic is horrible, but uh there's lots of strip clubs, I guess. I don't know oh. where I was I don't know where I was going with that, but we do have lots of strip clubs. But no, it's it's a great city. You should definitely come check it out. Well, I haven't I haven't been to a strip club. I love them. I love the idea of them and I I love the idea of going to Atlanta too, so I will definitely when this is all over, it's one of my uh destinations for sure. Fuck yeah. I know you uh you recently moved like back uh like east coast, right? Recently. Yeah. How's yep. the how's the move been? It's been an adjustment. Um I was living in the Bay Area of California. I was living in Oakland and October sixth I got back to New Jersey and yeah, it's it's been a trip. You know, I, I um 
I live with family members now, so <laughs> it's it's interesting, but it's been nice because before I was living by myself and now I got people and people to cook for, people to clean for, and people to help me with my cat, so it's always nice. Fuck yeah, that's that's the best, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know the uh the election just happened. Yeah. You be you being a Bernie fan. Yeah. Do you feel like he could have beat Trump? Do you think he could have won? The optimist in me is like, yes, Bernie would have won. Uh, but the realist in me is like, I, I feel like it would have been a much clearer margin. Like there wouldn't, you know how like Biden just barely won? Yeah. Like I feel like people would have either been very much like, yes, Bernie or no. And it would have been like really just interesting to see where people's general feelings are about socialist ideas and just kind of a more people oriented it's, it's i feel like it's it's so funny how america like so fears like like any kind of like socialist idea even though like we like even though there's so many socialist ideas that are in, like in government it's just like yeah. people get like afraid it's incredible oh, yeah. yeah well we already have like you know socialism for the rich it's like they're, who's been getting the most bailouts and stimulus during the whole pandemic is just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like if Bernie, like, so say Bernie, he's like, fuck it, I'm going to run in 2024. Would you vote for him? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he did this in 2016 too, where it's like, he was like, yeah, fuck the establishment. And then the establishment was like, no, no, no. And he was like, okay, all right, let's be friends again. And he really... I mean, he's just him and the whole squad, you know, him and AOC and Elon Omar and Rashida, like they're just not being that critical of Biden's cabinet picks. And but I will say someone who I've been really excited about winning is uh, Cori Bush. She just won a Congress seat in Missouri. And uh, I think she could be our 2024 president. I'm rooting for her. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like Medicare for all will happen? I know you're a big proponent. Will Will Medicare for all happen? Yes. I don't know if it'll happen in our lifetime. <laughs> Damn, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, I think it just depends on how people have to get fed up. And I feel like we're right on the cusp of people being fed up. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> I know uh, not many people might know you're a dancer. How long have you been dancing? Tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, I am a dancer. Um, I've been dancing for like five years now. I started with ballet and now I'm doing still ballet, but other stuff too. I really like um, like more street-based dances have been something I've been interested in and modern as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you do any kind of dancing? Only alone in my room. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I only dance when no one's watching. That's <laughs> yeah. I feel like the most scared I like have ever been in my life is like dancing with headphones on in my living room, and then seeing my roommate walk in and oh. see me. Oh, <laughs> do they say anything? Uh, he just gave me a weird look, and then I just pretended Aww. like I didn't know what was. I was just like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" <laughs> Just try to play it, play it off like I wasn't like sweating really hard, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's really good to dance. It it is really vulnerable though. Like I, I still feel that way. Like having people watch me is really difficult. But once you get over that, it's like I don't know, it's such a freeing feeling. So definitely, I, I like I feel envious of people that really like dance like nobody is watching. Like it truly, it's tr like I'm like how do I wish I could be that fucking free and right. but. Especially those, those kids on TikTok with all the dancing that they can do. I'm like, wow, if I had that confidence. <laughs> you could take over the world with that confidence, right. you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. Evie, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. This is good. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah I'm having oh. a good time. <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, how did you get into camming? How did I get into camming? Oh, geez. Uh, I was <laughs> Yeah, that's like a loaded question. <laughs> I, I know, right? I know. <laughs> uh, I was a freshman in college, and I was on Tumblr chronically. <laughs> Tumblr back in the day was great, you know? Yeah. Did you have a Tumblr? I didn't have one. I just creeped on it. I never created an account. I was just always, like, looking, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was something back in the day that was, like, 
the place to be because yeah. there was like so much porn on it and it's changed so, so much it was the like yeah. i feel like it was the reddit of like what reddit is now like i feel like tumblr was that for porn like right. amateur kind of porn back in the day yeah and that's that's really what drew me into it too is you know I think the first person I had seen on Tumblr was Ash Marie. She was like, that was her platform. And just, I remember she had this beautiful purple room with like the the plants and the flowers and everything. And she had just like the most beautiful lingerie and she had like these cat ears on. And I was like, oh, I could fucking do that. That can't be that hard. (laughs) (laughs) It it was that hard. (laughs) It was was that. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. Before starting, did you have like any kind of like, I guess, preconceived idea of what you thought camming would be like? Yeah, I just, I guess I kind of thought like, yeah, you just had to be attractive enough and you just pressed the start button on the broadcast or took some pictures and people would just start pouring in and want to like give you money and stuff. I just thought it was going to be a piece of cake and I didn't have to do very much. Did it, was it not like that? No. Oh my God. Like, well, first of all, you know, I was going to school in a really rural area of Maine and there was like only DSL internet and oh God, there wasn't even a Walmart for like 40 minutes. So getting a um, high quality webcam or a regular camera to take pictures with was like impossible for me. And I, yeah, I just, I was in for a rude awakening when I started broadcasting, people were like, this quality sucks. You look like shit. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it's the internet. It's not me, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It was the internet. And I, I had like no money. So I just got like this really basic webcam from Amazon that was like $20. And yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> have you, uh, have you always been on Chatterbait? Did you start anywhere else first or? Yeah. I started on Live Jasmine, which was, Oh, that website. Oh, my God. And that that was like, have you ever been on that website? Yeah, that was the original. Like, that was the first, like, I feel like cam website that I ever really went to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's really that and Streammate, they're different from Chatterbait. They're like, I don't know how you, private based cam shows. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. I know Streammate definitely has like private based shows. Yeah. And Live Jasmine was was like that too. And um, they also like, took way more than 50%. I think they took like 60% at the time or maybe even 70. And they wanted me to have like a certain amount of HD pictures and a certain quality. Otherwise they were going to dock my pay even more. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. God damn. <laughs> yeah, it was so rough. I don't know what, how I managed to stay. <laughs> They're just out here taking money. They're like, oh, those pictures are HD enough. Give me some more money. That's fucked Yes. Up. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, I'm not crazy about that site. <laughs> it probably changed now, though, it's probably way different, but that was just like, you know, seven years ago, so. Yeah, I feel like everything has kind of changed in, in seven oh, yeah. years. Yeah. Going, going into camming, did you know anybody else, like, I guess, like, personally that was doing it? No, no, yeah, like, a lot of my friends at, in college at the time were like, oh, I would love to do that, but. I'm too scared of the repercussions. And I was like, fuck the repercussions. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Did anybody kind of like starting out, did anybody kind of like help you or give you advice in gaming? Yes and no. Uh, For like the first year, I kind of did it by myself. I was on Live Jasmine and then I went to Streammate and then I went to Chatterbait. And when I was on Chatterbait, there was definitely a lot more of a community, I guess, I don't want to say this. <laughs> I, I kind of, I mean, there were, there were really helpful people, but um, I think people that have been watching me for a while and kind of know my history will know that I kind of fell into a, a bad crowd on Chatterbait and was <laughs> taking some not great advice for people. And that took me a while to get out of, but yeah. then once I kind of got out of that, you know, I've been kind of, kind of giving myself advice and like reteaching myself how to cam and make this like something I actually really enjoy doing. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, uh, like starting out, there was like a learning curve or like a waiver period to where you like weren't good at it? Yes. And I still feel that way. I feel like it comes in, in waves where there will be times when I'm really on it 
And then other times where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing and I have to relearn or reformulate everything again. I mean, definitely at first, like, like I said, my biggest obstacle was like, I thought it was going to be so much easier than it was. And then I, I learned like, oh, you have to have a personality that's like really important. That's like a huge part of this job is having a personality for a while. When I first started out up until like a couple years ago, I just tried to have a personality that was something that the most amount of people would like. And then I learned that that leads to burnout and I got really burnt out and kind of went through like this crisis. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, now I'm learning how to be more of myself and more something like that's just sustainable. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but (laughs) I feel feel like it'd be hard to like have a job where you're spending so much time on cam and then having to like not be yourself, you know, I feel like that'd be kind of like a hard, like, I guess not like a hard thing to do. I guess everybody does that at work, you know, everybody puts on this thing like at work, but I feel like having to like put that on constantly, I feel like it'd be kind of hard to do. Yeah. Well, and I've had, cause I've had lots of other jobs while I've cammed and before camming with the other jobs. If you're not in a great mood, you can still like clock in, but be checked out. But with camming, it's really difficult to check out and like, just go through the motions. Um, so yeah, I've really struggled with that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the most important thing you learned starting out was? Being consistent was huge. I don't think I would have gotten to where I am if I wasn't as dedicated as I was to being online regularly. I used to cam for like eight hours a day um, at different times to try to figure out like what the best time to be online was. Did you ever figure out when the best time was? Is there a best time? It depends on the day now. I feel like right now what's been working really well for me are, are weekends later in the day surprisingly those used to be my worst days like monday used to be my best day and now it's like my worst day (laughs) that's crazy just like you know like times change it's just so wild like how like i guess you're getting different demographics at different times as well you know yeah i have a lot of people from europe and other not u.s countries that like watching me i think that's most of my fan base so i try to cater to them more hell yeah (laughs) do uh do people close to you know yeah, my dad knows. Um, my brother knows. I told them a long time ago. And then some other family members know. They, I have some cousins that found out in a way that I would have preferred not to. So I think at this point, my whole family knows. And it's yeah. kind of like this secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they know and I know, but we're not talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. How do they, do they, I guess, yeah, you said you're not. I was like, how do they feel about it? But it's... I feel like there's certain, like, I don't talk to my parents about certain things. And I'm like, hey, it's it's so, we got to coexist here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to be open with, like, your immediate family as much yeah. as possible with stuff. So that, like, nothing's a surprise. Especially with something like this, you know? Like, because I, I mean, harassment is a huge thing. Especially, like, I noticed when Trump was president, like, the uptick and harassment that happened was huge. And like when you have family members that could be impacted by that, like you got to let them know like what's going on. Yeah. If it's safe for you anyway. I mean, I understand that not everybody can talk to their family about stuff, but like for me, I, I I have, I'm very blessed that I'm able to be open with them about it and have their support. That's what's up. Is, uh, is having someone to talk to about work beneficial? Yeah. I, I'm also lucky that my therapist, um, is really more than okay with my job. And despite to my knowledge, having like no experience with this industry, like she really gets it and <laughs> she gets me. So I talked to her a lot about this stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I know, uh, fucking Twitter. You're huge on Twitter. Awesome on Twitter. <laughs> I have you- like my main profile, like private and it's like on lockdown. You can't access <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Like that's that's dope though. A lot of people don't have like. I mean, you have to, like, such a huge following, and it's still locked. It's like fuck you guys. <laughs> you can't see. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I don't know. I want to open it up again. But like I said, just like I've been dealing with just like so much online harassment, and that's honestly probably just because like I'm really open about my politics and being a leftist and shit. So that's you know to be expected. But I would like to open it again soon. I don't know if it's gonna happen though. <laughs> 
I feel like, though, anybody who's, like, outspoken about anything, there's always going to be fucking haters, you know? And it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to, that was a question I had actually had for you, is, like, in doing this podcast, do you, how, how is that like, do your, I want to ask, like, do your friends and family know? Like, or, like, um, yeah, what is it like having a podcast where you bring on um, sex workers? And, yeah, just what's that, what is that like? Uh, no, it's great. Like, uh, I told, I guess for the, for a while, I guess I didn't tell my parents about it because I guess I felt like sort of, they might judge me or something. And, but I was like, like, I spoke to like some friends and like, people were like, yo, you should just tell them, you know? And like, I feel like everything, like I've told my parents, they've always been like super open and accepting, you know? And so like, I told my mom first and then I told my dad and then kind of like sat him down and was like, Hey, I have a podcast this is what's happening uh and then of course they're like don't know what podcasts are <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know if they've actually listened to the show um that was gonna be my next question was have they listened to it huh. I'm, if they have they haven't said anything to me about it you know it's one but, of those things where they know and you know and it's like a secret and everybody knows at the thanksgiving table but nobody's saying anything but they're giving you the look <laughs> <laughs> My mom, she'll be like, so when are you getting sponsors? And I'm like, I need to do that, you know? (laughs) So they'll ask me how it's going and stuff. And like, because I felt like for a while, like I'd always be like sort of like lying to them. Because like with the podcast, there's so much like time spent on it, whether it's like editing or just doing shit. And then my parents will be like, so what are you up to? And I'm like, in reality, like I'm like working on audio. I'm like editing the podcast. But I'm like, oh, nothing, you know? And then, like, I was like, I need to stop fucking lying to them and be like, you know what? I'm fucking 30 years old. This is what the fuck I'm doing. Like, come on. What are we? <laughs> well, it's hard. It's it's hard. And sometimes, and I've had this experience, too, where, like, the continual burden of lying by omission, like, gets more exhausting than just telling that person and, you know, yeah. just dealing with whatever happens after. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like, too, I'd rather, like, tell my parents what I'm doing than somebody be like, hey, here's a link to this podcast. Did you know this is what's happening, you know? I really, really like your pod. I was listening to other ones that you had done with other people and just, like, the way that you conduct the interviews and the kinds of people that you have on. Like, I think the work that you're doing here is really important for destigmatization of full service sex work and just really, like, all facets of it and... You have a Patreon, right? I was trying to find that and I can't, I can't find it. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, just like launched like last week, uh, full service, I think, or patreon.com slash full service pod. And uh, the first episode, like I'm doing like at least like one monthly episode, but uh, hopefully I can do more. But uh, the first episode should be out like this week. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah. So then let's see if I can find it. Oh, <laughs> I found you. Okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to get, ooh, out call. That looks that looks good. What do I get with the alcohol? Is the alcohol the first one, the five dollar one? It's the second one. Okay, so second one you get like basically access to all the like bonus episodes, and then I think you get like a sticker, you get a shout out on the podcast, and you can like ask questions to guests as well. Oh, ooh, I'm gonna do it. Okay, I'll do it later, so I'm not doing two things at once. <laughs> Hell yeah! Interview. I'm gonna subscribe to that fuck yeah i appreciate that thank you so I fucking thank you so much <laughs> it's cool it's it's you're doing really really badass work here and i'm i'm a big fan fuck yeah thank you <laughs> i'm a big fan as well Aww, thanks. <laughs> yeah i know uh dating right i know yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> I hear I, Tinder, right? I was like, you know, I use Tinder. I've used Tinder before, Bumble, fucking uh, OkCupid. <laughs> they never worked, right? They, <laughs> I got a, I got a couple of swipe rights, but not very many. But yeah. uh, how's how's the old Tinder going for you? I in July, I don't know what the fuck happened, but my OkCupid, my Tinder, and my Instagram, my personal Instagram, had all just gotten shut down at the same time. And I just recently got my OK Cupid and my Tinder back. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> it's been nice, I guess. Like, because I mean, for better or worse, like that is kind of the easiest way because everyone works so much now and it's not really easy to meet people like you used to be able to. So 
Yeah, especially like you can't just go out and like, oh, I'm going to hang out at this bar and then see what happens. Like you can't hang out anywhere because everything's closed. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's good and it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) In in dating, how open are you with people about uh, your job? It really depends. I used to have like a hard and fast rule where I would tell people on the first date. And then that I learned very quickly was not the safest way to go about telling people. <laughs> uh, so sometimes I will tell people on a first date if they if they talk about um, if they sometimes people will bring stuff up uh, about yeah. their supportive sex workers and I'll be like oh so you're really and then they'll be like oh I'm sorry I didn't mean it and then I'm like no 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 I I actually. I'm interested in that because I, I work in that industry and then it, it, it becomes honestly like a really cool first date conversation is like, I, like I've followed people on Twitter from uh, first dates where they'll be like, Oh yeah, I have them subscribed to this girl's only fans. And I'm like, well, who is she? Do I know her? <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I'll do that, but more often than not, like I'll wait until a couple dates, maybe like a month to tell people. It just really depends. Yeah. Are uh, are people usually like receptive to it? Have you had, have you had people that were like, I can't I can't do this? Like, is that? Um, I used to like when I first started, I did, but I think it's like especially camming and OnlyFans, like those have just become so ubiquitous. Like <laughs> you'd have a hard time finding someone that isn't okay with that. But you know, like nobody's recently in the last few years has ever been like. Yeah, no, I just can't do this. Like some, what, what will usually happen? And it could be for any reason, right? But people will just like stop talking to you or yeah. Yeah. I've had people ghost me. So it could be for that or it could be for lots of different reasons. Fucking haters. Who needs them? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd rather them just stop talking to me than tell me I'm not going to date you because you're a sex worker. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's also too, it's like if if they have a problem with it, then it's like, this is like part of my life. Like, I don't right. like, fuck. I mean, who needs you really? I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I saw a tweet the other day where somebody had mentioned like that. They thought that sex work should be basically 21 and up. Right. And you starting camming when you're 19. How do you feel about that? I guess. I mean, I understand that feeling because, you know, I look back on when I was 19 and all the, terrible decisions that I made and the terrible people I took advice from. And I, you know, part of me wants to like protect people that are that young getting into this industry. But I think there's ways of doing that. That doesn't like tell young people that they don't know what they're doing and that they don't have bodily autonomy, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I do think that there is like a huge mentorship component missing to this industry. And this is just my personal opinion, but like, the most lucrative ages in my experience, I don't want to speak for everyone, but you know, being 18, 19, those are like, that's like when you make the most money or when I made the most money. And sometimes I feel like people don't want to mentor people that young because there's a jealousy component to it. And I think we have to get over that. Yeah. Cause I feel like with, with any kind of like, I guess maybe like, I guess you could say art form, but like everything so much is like subjective to where it's like, you could still like me and like someone else. and like, everybody's bringing something different to the table. So it's like, I guess like jealousy, it's like, you can, you can still like me and like somebody else, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, I'm almost 30 now. So like, I guess I kind of feel that way too sometimes. Like, Oh, I wish I was younger so that I was more, you know, but there's a lot of my fan base has grown with me. They've watched me this whole time. And it, it just, things just change. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a mental thing really. Like somebody being young, younger than you isn't an impediment to your own business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What, uh, what do you think the like best part of the job, worst part of the job is for you? The best part of the job for me was, it's kind of like what I've was just touching on a little bit. A lot of people that watched me have watched me from when I started when I was 19 and like just have watched me grow into this person that it's hard to put words to. I've gone through like so many seasons of my life and 
I'm just always so touched by people that come in and say, like, I've been watching you for a really long time. And um, just to see the growth that you've exhibited over the last seven or eight years, like, it's really inspiring to me. And I just, I I just love that. I feel like that has to feel good when somebody reaches out and they're like, hey, I know you don't know me, but like, I've been a fan for a long time. You've affected me positively in this way. And like, I really just want to let, I really appreciate that, you know? Yeah. There's a difference between that. And then there, there'll be people that are like, Hey, I've been watching you for a long time and I just love your asshole. Like yeah. <laughs> those kinds of, I don't like those people. <laughs> That's an immediate block. <laughs> but I feel like no, there's, diff- there's a difference between like telling, like giving someone like a genuine thing and then being just like a right. reply, reply guy that's just like, <laughs> look at that ass. Ugh. Just like, <laughs> chill dog like i appreciate it but just fucking know how to talk to somebody you know exactly but no there are a lot of people that just really love me as as a person and it's i've been having some of my best nights that i've ever had as a cam girl just because i have like a really sweet community right now of people that i can count on them to be there and come in and talk to me and they make me laugh and yeah we just have such a great time so that that is like my favorite part of the job that's awesome the hardest the hardest part of the job is oh man a lot of stuff (laughs) uh let me think about this what do i want to say i guess um it's it's not it's not um it's not easy even though this has been like a job that has been the most suitable for like what I have going on in my life, my circumstance. Um, it's, it's really difficult to put myself out there every night. And when it works out, it works out. And a lot of the time it works out, but there's some times where I feel like there's just a lot of really no, I don't want to say that. I feel like it just negates everything I just said. Ah. Oh. <laughs> do you ever like, so say like with uh, like I do stand up, right? And like, so yeah. say I go on a streak to where I'm doing badly, right? Yeah. And then I'll start to be like, fuck, was I ever funny? Like, why yes. am I really doing this? Like, I'm just like second guessing myself. Right. And then I go out and have like a good show and I'm like, I'm back. What the fuck? Why did I ever doubt what I was doing? You know, does that yeah. ever happen? Like, if you ever like cam, you're like, oh, I'm not, it's not going well. And then it kind of maybe a couple of days it happens and you're like, fuck, like, does self doubt ever happen or? Yes, that's exactly it. And I, that's how I, what I was trying to say is like, there's these, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. There's, there's just, I'll have periods, especially because of the pandemic where it's just like for a week straight, it's just like silence and people are busy because they have their own stuff going on and I'm like, what's happening? And then, yeah, yeah, that is like the most challenging part of the job and it still happens to me. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I mean, it is like one of those things where you're like, you're putting yourself out there more than like fucking so many people. And I feel like it's just, it'd just be like not tying other people's i guess i guess how they interact with you based on like how you feel about yourself it's 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 hard you know i guess yeah um wait what was that thing that you just said can you repeat what you said there was something i was going to say but now i can't remember <laughs> basically like i guess not like tying your self-worth to how people interact with you on the cam yeah. on cam i guess yes and that that is that is what's really difficult for me is i will put myself out there in a way that I don't know. I, I'm, I think that there are more people that are willing to be open and vulnerable and honest with themselves, but like I kind of take it to the extreme sometimes. And I think that's good. I think that's why I have a lot of the fans that I have now, but it also means that I do attract this crowd of people that aren't very nice or think that there's something wrong with me for what I'm doing and are really vocal about that. So yeah, there's, there's pros and cons to it, but that, what you said is exactly it. <laughs> Thank you for that. I was struggling. <laughs> oh, oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I know with, uh, so say when you're on cam, right, there could be like fucking 50,000 people watching, like watching you, right? Do you ever feel pressure like in a cam session to like live up to these people's expectations? Sometimes I still get that way. I've really been doing a lot of 
work in the last couple of years to just let it go. Uh, I got one of the like most toxic pieces of advice that I had gotten was that like, you have to reach goal every night if you want to maintain your viewer base. Cause if you don't reach goals and then people see that you're struggling, they're going to stop coming in. So I used to get so freaked out. Like if I couldn't reach goals, I would just think like, Oh my God, everything's falling apart. And like, that's just so not true. There's so much other stuff that can happen, even if it's on a, a little bit of a quieter night. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you feel camming is like performative versus like just being yourself on cam? It's, I would say I'm a lot less performative than I used to be. Like, but at the same time, there's only one part of me that people are seeing. Like I kind of, it's like, the way that I wish I was in person more because I'm actually really quiet and I have a really hard time um, like speaking up about stuff, even though I've gotten a lot better at that. A lot of we're all like practice, you know, being more assertive and being kind of a, yeah, just a more bold version of myself is on cam. I kind of use that as a way to pilot <laughs> that's what that's what's up though because I guess it is like it's like your fucking like world it's like your ecosystem you know yeah and I have complete control over it and if someone says I don't like that I can well it depends on how they say they don't like it but you can get feedback on on things in a really direct unmediated way and that's been helpful so I guess some of it's performative but I don't really like see it that way I just kind of see it as like a little like a lab or something <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> how has camming evolved since you first started i know seven years fucking long time there was 2013 what would the fuck was happening back then now like today so different how is it how has it evolved oh my god it seems like a blur i remember there was a lot of um hitachi torture shows that was like the lush back then you know yeah the, whole- the fucking yeah. bluetooth the bluetooth uh-huh. uh yeah yeah, back in the day, it was Hitachi Torture, which was like, oh, my God, I cannot. And some of those girls would have that Hitachi on themselves for, like, hours at, like, the highest level. I just cannot imagine. <laughs> That's intense. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Advent of the lush, love it or hate it, it's uh, led to some better working conditions for people. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, I feel like also like seven years ago, like Pornhub didn't have creator pages. Like, you know, I looked at your page, like when I first initially sent you the questions, I was like, your page has 6.8 million views. Now I looked it up today, 6.9 million, a hundred thousand more views since the last time, (laughs) like a week ago. Right. How does that feel? Like 6.9 million? Like, how does it, does it it feel any kind of way? Or is it just like, there's a number. I have no idea who these people are. How does, how does it feel? Well, it's funny. I started my Pornhub creator page because I found out they have a model program and you can take videos that people stole from you and put them on your own account. So I did that. And, you know, that was, it was just kind of like a way for me to reclaim videos that people had stolen from me. And it's like, oh, I'll just keep them up because, you know, I do want people to have access to affordable content and I don't really, yeah, I don't care (laughs) that much. But yeah, it was kind of like a set it and forget it kind of thing. So when you told me that, I was like, holy shit, I feel like I should be paying more attention to it now. And like, maybe put <laughs> videos out there again. I don't know. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> oh, yeah. One thing I was I didn't have on there um, that I wanted to ask. How do you feel about like free porn and like Pornhub? Like I know because you sell content like on fucking mini vids. Like I'm sure like, I think you can buy it on like Chatterbait fucking only fans or you're getting like paid money for your content how do you feel about like free porn and your content on Pornhub stuff like that um I honestly I had the most content leaks from many vids like at this point it's you know it's whatever like all of my many vids videos are just out there and there's really nothing I can do about it um I just don't sell on there anymore <laughs> I don't know why I feel bad about that uh, I, Pornhub, I, it's, it's got some problems. I know that there was a lot of, ah, a lot of controversy, especially with just like the way that people are just able to upload whatever, basically, and it doesn't yeah. matter who's involved. So, you know, I have issues with it because of that. Um, at the same time, it is, I feel like 
it's been useful for me to kind of get some money that I lost back. So I don't know. I, f- I feel complicated feelings about it. <laughs> yeah. It's not, a, it's not, I guess, it's not like a simple, like, fucking scenario. You know, it's like, there's a lot to it. Yeah. And I, I would like to provide free videos for people. Like, that is something I've always wanted to do. I just, I didn't think Pornhub was really going to be the platform that that would happen on. But, yeah. I mean, they took over everywhere, though. Pornhub's, like, yeah. fucking the king cat yeah i just wish they'd do better pornhub if you're listening do better <laughs> pornhub do better title yeah. the podcast <laughs> the other thing is too like when i i was thinking about taking down all my videos but you have to like put your full legal name there and your address and then they put like a notice like this person at this address like took down this video so oh man yeah that's not good, <laughs> no. not good. how uh, how do you like OnlyFans? I really like OnlyFans. Again, I mean, I just feel like any of these platforms like have problems and things that are like, oh, that's kind of like not great. But I mean, fuck, OnlyFans like saved my life (laughs) in so many ways. Fuck yeah. Well, how is it? uh, I know during the pandemic, a lot of people have like gone to online work and there's been, I feel like there's been like a rise in. Well, there's definitely been a rise in people that are on OnlyFans, but have you seen a rise in subscriptions during, I guess, during the pandemic? Yes and no. Uh, Like a couple weeks ago to a month ago, I was just hemorrhaging subscribers, but then they come back and then they'll go again. So I've been kind of able to maintain a baseline, but in these last six months, I haven't really noticed any kind of huge growth, but it's, it's been a really, it's been a source of stable income with for me which i'm just so fucking thankful for right now yeah i mean it's it's, this fucking time is i mean hit sex workers like harder than like so many other people and uh i feel like having that platform where you're able to like you know create like a steady like line of income i feel like that has to be a positive thing yeah well it's, it's hit a lot of people a lot of people that watch me too like i'm always like I'll get messages from people or people will tell me in my chat room, like, Hey, sorry, I haven't been around. It's just because like this terrible thing happened to me where my boss just like fired me in the most inhumane possible. And now I'm like, not sure where I'm going to live tomorrow. And it's just like, Oh my God. Like, this is really, this is just the reality that we're living in. And uh, I just can't imagine it's, ugh. Yeah, it's uh, this, this is like uncharted territory for like so many, fu- I mean, fucking pretty much everybody alive, you know? And uh, it's just it's such a crazy time. Yeah, it sure. It sure is. And I, you know, I'm talking about it like I wasn't part of that, but that that did happen to me, too. I mean, like the pandemic, just like when I was living in Oakland, I mean, things just got so expensive and complicated and I just like couldn't do it anymore. And I was really lucky that I had just enough money to, you know, move back to home. And yeah, yeah. we're really suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking California is expensive. It's uh, yeah. it costs a lot of money to live out there. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> happening everywhere though. I'm sure you've probably seen it in Atlanta too. I don't know how long. Are you, were you born there? Uh, yeah, actually was, but then I moved to like after high school. I moved to North Carolina, uh, for like college and shit, and yeah. I just moved back like last uh, last summer. But definitely, I mean, fucking yeah. Atlanta, Raleigh, Char- I mean, any fucking big city. I feel like. Right fucking the cost of living is just like super inflated because it's like right. everybody's like oh i want to live downtown yeah, let's jack exactly. those prices up you know yeah so it happens but we'll be we'll, we'll see what happens we'll be okay yeah well, we got the vaccine and uh we'll we'll just pray for ourselves i'm, about to get, <laughs> I'm like i'm about to get three vaccines they say this shit's 90 95 percent let's get it <laughs> One from Pfizer, one from Moderna, one from some experimental company, just to spice it up. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) How is it? I know like a lot of models, like cam models will uh, do shows with other people that are also models, right? How is, how is it networking to find people to like cam with, you know? I think I've had a a harder time. Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of. I have like this idea in my head that like people don't want to work with me because of <laughs> just like everything I've been through and like the way I present myself online. I, I I don't think that's true at all. I think people like really do want 
to work with me. So I'm going to try to make it a, you have to, you have to put yourself out there though, which is what I'm so bad at. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I messaged, I don't know if you know her, her name is Freshy, Freshy Juice. Okay. I'm not sure. Photographer and she's also a content creator and she just like beautiful work. She took my pictures for Chatterbait at AVN. So I just like booked her and I was like, take me pictures and she was like yeah when the numbers go down but let's let's do it so that's like a good first step is like reaching out to people and like hey i'd like to work with you <laughs> fuck yeah fuck yeah <laughs> yeah her twitter let me because i just mentioned her she i just love her and she just was really gentle with me and just took like the best pictures that i think anyone has ever taken of me yeah her name is her twitter handle is freshy fr E S H I E juice. Freshy J- juice. Yeah. J U I C E. Sweet. She's very- I'm about to follow her like right now. Freshy yeah. juice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. How was, I know you just mentioned the AVNs, right? How was, uh, how was that? Oh my God. It was overwhelming. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it was good. I was only there for like a day cause I actually had a dance performance the day after I was at AVN, but, um, I would like to do things differently. I, I like stayed at the Excalibur Hotel, which was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because it was awkward. Like, you know, I would come down after getting ready and it was like people there with their families doing some other non-convention related activity. And I was just there and you could like see my nipple pasties through my shirt. And I was like, yeah, no, this isn't. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the place that uh, I should be right now. <laughs> yeah, vibes so next year when it happens if it happens i will i will definitely stay at the hotel that it's happening at even if it costs a little bit more and yeah i'll plan better <laughs> how was it did you get to meet any people where you're like oh my god i'm such a fan i like do you fan like fangirl out any yeah do you know lita bear lita bear i do not fuck <laughs> just like name dropping all these people and I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> you got to meet her? She came over to me and, and said hi. I said on Twitter, I was like, oh, I would love to see you. And she made it a point to come over to the Chatterbait booth and give me a hug, which was, um, yeah, it was really nice of her. And I loved meeting her. Um, and I, I saw Riley Reed in the bathroom and I accidentally sneezed on her. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can... I my hands. <laughs> You can't, you can't do that now. God. No. <laughs> I'm sure too, like Riley, I feel like Riley Reed has to have like, just like a fucking huge team that works for her. They're like, yeah, she, she sneezed had, on me. Get her. Yeah. She had a whole entourage with her and like a whole outfit, but that was something. I just felt like, like so lowly and like a little worm next to her. <laughs> I feel like that's such a cool story though. You're like, I sneezed on Riley Reed. Who wants to touch me? Who wants to take a picture with me? <laughs> The things we did pre-pandemic. <laughs> it was a different time. I don't. Who knows, like how long it'll take to where we can just like, just like openly sneeze on somebody. It could be okay, you know. Yeah. Never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, have your views on sex or sexuality changed since starting? Yes, I was such a shut-in. I would like hate if my boyfriends had even watched porn like that used to bother me so much and now every relationship that i'm in like i'm the freak i'm like oh you don't know about this fetish this is like this is like fucking so hot and they're like jesus (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) yeah it's fun have your views on men or women changed since starting yeah yeah this industry has taught me that uh Men are a lot nicer than I maybe thought they were <laughs> initially, um, and that that women can be just as cutthroat. And you know, people are people. It's more complicated than than I had thought it was initially. Because you know, when I started, I was in college and I had just like taken my first like gender theory class, and I was like, oh, I know how things are, and I didn't know how things were. <laughs> I still don't, but. <laughs> Fucking experience will give you that, you know? Yeah. Has how you view yourself changed at all since scamming? Yeah. I just, like, sometimes people 
will post pictures of me when I first started and I look at myself then and just how sad I was. Like I have a lot of empathy for myself now and like looking into what I've become where it's like, I know how to do my makeup a lot better. (laughs) I know how to do my eyebrows now. (laughs) I know how to conduct myself and take care of myself and set boundaries now. And I, I see myself as a person that ironically, I I don't, I, I don't think it's ironically, but I guess for a lot of people that aren't in this industry, like it wouldn't really make sense for them that I see myself as a much more capable and respectable person because of this job. Yeah. Even though, even though it's like, gives you so fucking much, it's like, people just don't fucking, people don't think, you know, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what do you know about yourself now that you didn't know before you got into sex work? That I'm a hell of a lot stronger than I thought I was. Like, it's, it's tricky. It's like one of those things where it's like, I wouldn't want it to happen any other way that it did. But I would also never, if I had the opportunity to go back and do this all over again, knowing what I know happened, I would be like, no, <laughs> but I'm thankful that I'm here after that. Cause like, geez, there were just so many times where like, it could have not, it could have not worked out as well as it have. And I could not be sitting here doing this podcast. I mean, that's kind of how serious it got sometimes. And it, I think it's just a testament to how resilient of a person I am, which it's hard for me to say because I'm so critical of myself, but yeah. That's dope though. I mean, fucking, you're just like a stronger person from doing this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and to have people see that, like it's on the internet now, you know, like if people want to go do the looking and the digging, I mean, you can see just like my history and what I had been through with this job and where I am now. And I hope, I hope that that helps people to see. Fuck yeah. I uh, I forgot to mention it earlier, right? But like having fans, do you ever get do you ever get like recognized in public? Does that ever happen? Yes, yeah. But what I get in person a lot is the you look familiar. The double take. Like, yeah, like someone was like, "Were you at Standing Rock? You look really familiar." That was the most recent thing that happened. But mostly what happens is um people We'll say it in my chat room later on. And this hasn't happened for a while, but probably because of the pandemic. (laughs) I haven't really been going places, but one time I went to this company for a thing with some people that I'm close with as a visitor. I'm going to try to be as vague as possible. And we went to their cafeteria to get lunch. And then later on that night, I went on cam and someone was like, were you at this company? Cause I worked there as like a caterer and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, don't worry. I'm not going to say anything. Cause my girlfriend also works here and I don't want her to know that I watch you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what advice would you give somebody wanting to get into camming, get into OnlyFans? What would you, what would you tell that person? I, I would say, I would say watch people first and don't, how do I want to say this? Um, this? I feel like this is more for OnlyFans. Like, don't, if you really want to do this the right way, follow people that have been in the industry for a long time and have a have a reputation of doing things the right, the right way. I know it's tempting to see, like, I don't even know how these Instagram influencers are doing as well as they are in OnlyFans. That, like, really mystifies me. But, you know, what they're doing is, is different than what, what you're going to go ahead. Well, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the Instagram people that, uh, kind of have only fans, I feel like they're not as, they'll post like, it's not as, uh, they'll just post like a nipple and be like, Hey, this is only fans. Whereas a lot of people aren't yeah. doing that, you know, right. like to where a regular person posting a nipple and be like, Hey, this is only fans. People are going to be like, this is, this sucks, you know, but it's like, right. because you're a famous person posting nipple, it's like, Oh my God, it's amazing. You know? It's- Exactly. They're getting off. They're getting their clientele based on on people that are like, oh, I would just kill to even just see a piece of her skin, please. And that's not the reality for a lot of people that work on OnlyFans. That's it's, so I would I would just say, like, follow people who have been doing it right. Diversify what platforms you are on so that you get like the most exposure. 
um, be really consistent and try different times and try different things. And yeah, I highly recommend, even though it is harder than making clips in a lot of ways, but like if I hadn't been a cam girl for as long as I have been, I don't think I would have had as much traffic to my OnlyFans. So really having like a free and accessible platform where people can come and watch you is like the best way to build a fan base quickly. Yeah. I feel like Reddit, Reddit's pretty popping too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never been on Reddit cause it's like another, I, I like Chatterbait cause I can delete comments and block people and you can't really do that on Reddit. And I don't know, I have a harder time with, platforms where people are allowed to say whatever they want even if it hurts your feelings <laughs> i mean i mean i feel like just like the internet is just you know it's not like i feel but it's the most fucking savage place on earth you know oh yeah yeah and for, just for me i need to be on platforms where i can moderate that stuff because otherwise i would just constantly be getting triggered because <laughs> i mean like some people just like literally exist to shit on people like that's like yeah. they're like i'm gonna shit on i'm gonna just make people feel bad <laughs> and it just like exactly. makes them feel good you know and it's like I, you can't you can't really fuck with like anybody who's just like i just want to make you feel bad like right. you're not gonna win and that there's youtube too like i would love to be on youtube that would be such a fun platform to try out but that comment section on youtube i don't know anybody's youtube comment section that isn't just like a toxic cesspool i don't know how those people work through that well you can uh you can you can set it to like hold any kind of like inappropriate comments you can kind of oh. You can kind of control what uh, happens on the the comments on YouTube. Well, something to think about. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> how well? How long do you see yourself in sex work? Uh forever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I thought I would be done already. Like when I graduated and I, I got my BA, I was like, "Cool, I'm going to join the workforce, and like I can just say goodbye to camming and sex work forever." And that's just not the reality. Uh, I got. I was. Yeah, you can't, especially with the BA in psychology, you just, oh my God. Yeah, it's not sustainable. It's a joke. It's oppressive just how little we pay people in this country and how much they have to pay for that education. It is really fucking wild. That's my my sister has a BA in psychology and like she works in an insurance company. Like it's... There you go. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, my next big thing is uh, getting my master's degree, and I already know how that's going to go. They don't pay you very much more for that either. But you know, it's it's progress, though. It's it's an awesome thing that you're doing. You know, it it's progress, and then also like it, like I said, it, it's just reformulating camming and how I see sex work and something that can be sustainable for me, and not so much based on age or like this certain um, genre of person, but just like something that can age with me as I move through life. So it can always be there for me. That's kind of like what I'm working on now. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. I feel like if people like you, you know, like your, your like personality, your vibe, I feel like they'll like just rock with you kind of through whatever, you know? Right. Well, like on YouTube, like Jenna Marbles is like a perfect example of that until, you know, she quit, but she had been a, Uh, a performer for years and years and people followed her well into her thirties. And I I think that that's possible for camming and other platforms. It's just people have to be willing to, to try it out and put in that work and see. And I I think, I think we can do it. I mean, there's lots of like older women on OnlyFans and in sex work in general that people just love. I follow a lot of older women on Twitter that, and some of their OnlyFans too. And yeah, I think older women are great. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. What, uh, do you have like, do you have like a thing? Like, if I could do this one thing, like, if you could do anything, I would do this one thing. Do you have that thing? And with regards to what? Oh, like, I guess like a job, right? Or like, if you could just do this thing with your life, right? If there was, if money was no obstacle, I would do this thing every day, all day, you know? Do you have like a, like a, like a, ideal job or like anything you would do if you could do that thing i would love to be a professor and like teaching some kind of like really radical class on like sex and like i would want to have they had this at my old school that i was at but before it closed down they had they would have like naked process groups 
where they would talk about like shame and sexuality and stuff. And that I would just love to do something like that with people. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's California for you. <laughs> I don't have stuff like that here. <laughs> people in the South look at California like, oh, those, those heathens. <laughs> They're all going to hell out there on the West Coast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, we are. If I ever make it back out there, that's totally what I would do. Or maybe people would be more receptive to that here now, too. Maybe in New York or something. I don't know. But yeah, just something like really like different like that, where like I was at like this hippie university and like just doing this really radical class. I would love to do that. Fuck yeah. Do you have one? Have a thing if I could do a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I could do stand up and like make money doing that, that'd be that'd be the thing. Do you tour? No. No. Like, I'm still, like, I'm only, like, five years in, so, I mean, like, fucking, nobody makes any money in, like, in comedy, like, until they're, like, pretty, like, pretty big, you know? Like, and also, too, like, I guess, people, like, they say, like, with stand-up, you're not really funny until you're, like, ten years in, which is, it's, like, such a fucking long game, right? Like, like, now I'm doing, like, or I guess before the pandemic, like, I'd be doing shows for, like, beer and chicken nuggets and shit like that's that's how comedy that's how comedians get paid and a lot of performing arts is like that yeah it's so crazy like i I feel like doing like i'll talk to people about it like i feel like doing stand-up it almost makes you devalue yourself because like nobody puts like like nobody's paying like amateur comedy or low-level comedy no one's really paying any money so it's like you're what you put out that's worth ten dollars or maybe like a couple drinks, you know? So in like, so in order to like putting like a worth or like putting a price on like what you like can bring, I guess, comedically or artistically to something, it's hard putting a price on it because for so long people are like, you're worth two drinks. Like that's, it's crazy. You know? Do you feel like that's, I mean, and I've seen a lot of amateur comedy in New Jersey. I feel like that's when people are their funniest is when it's you know that untapped unrefined kind of like i'm not i haven't been yeah i feel like the come up is the best part you know like it still sucks you know but it's like that's where you i feel like when you get like to the top or whatever everyone's looking back like oh those were the good days you know when we were fucking sleeping on the subway and everything was terrible you know that's when they should be paying you the most is what i mean it's just like that's when people are just like the but i guess it would i don't know i guess it would change things but man that just sucks yeah Inter- the, just the fucking entertainment industry is so weird because it's like so many people yeah like you can make it through con- like like Clubs, clubs exist to make money, you know? So no matter how funny you are, like if you don't have a following on social media or if there's, if people are not going to come out to, to see you do stand up or whatever you're doing, they're not going to put you up. You know, they might put up somebody who's like funny, like makes funny YouTube videos, but they're not really good at stand up. but they'll sell fucking tickets, you know? So it's like before you could get by, like just being a funny stand up comic, you don't have to have like that big of social media but now it's like you have to have fucking everything you have to have huge following on social media fucking like be funny like there's so much to it it's it's wild oh wow it's got to keep grinding you know yeah we do a lot yeah (laughs) evie evie i appreciate you coming on the podcast this has been so much fun yeah i had a great time thanks for inviting me fuck yeah fuck yeah before uh, before we go, you want to plug some social media stuff for the people? Sure. You guys, you can't follow my main Twitter. It's on lockdown right now. <laughs> but you can follow my public Twitter. It's the Evie Frost, and that's T-H-E-E-E-V-E-E-F-R-O-S-T. <laughs> it's like Fuck. three E's there. <laughs> A lot. Hell yeah. The Evie Frost on Twitter. And uh, I'll plug your, like, OnlyFans and Chatterbait and stuff in the fucking outro and shit. But, okay. Evie, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate being here. Fuck yeah. Listeners, we will be back later. That was my interview with Evie Frost. Yo, shout out, Evie. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. That was so much fun. Listener, she just plugged it. I will plug it again. You can find her on Twitter at the Evie Frost. 
You can find her on OnlyFans.com slash Evie Frost, Chatterbait.com slash Evie. That is E-V-E-E-V-E-E-E. I will have links to her Twitter, her OnlyFans, her Chatterbait, and the Libsyn page from this week. So make sure you hit that Libsyn page. Show us some love. As always, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Full Service Pod. I am at Tank Funkadelic. This has been episode 65. Thanks for being here. We uh, started Patreon last week. Shout out to fucking everybody who's joined Patreon so far. Shout out to the old Outcall Patreon subscribers, Bobby, Lorraine, Sweet Haley Grace. Fucking thanks for supporting the podcast. Uh, if you want to join our Patreon, hey, patreon.com slash full service pod. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, fucking hit us with a five-star rating. Write us a review. That would help us out so much. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You'll be alerted as soon as those new episodes drop. I'm going to stop talking. I appreciate you being here. I will see you on Tuesday. Later. Full service.